Paint solves everything. <laughs> Episode 53 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And it's another no agenda day. Unusual. Yeah, we're, of course, being assaulted by all kinds of noises from all kinds of directions. <laughs> Two of the dogs are outside hunting for eggs or poo. <laughs> and, uh,. With the other two on the couch with us, and they had it settled. And the furnace is making noises, which is awesome. That's the washing machine. Is that the washing machine? Okay. Yeah. Our furnace, when it kicks on, is like... Really loud. Somebody's down there hitting it with a hammer. That's Yeah, it's pretty old. We get it cleaned and serviced, so it still works good. It's just yeah. getting older. One of these days, we'll replace it with a wood pellet. We'll see. Well, when it comes time to replace it, if we gotta take the old one out and put a new one in, we may as well. What if we can afford it? That's true, because they will have to change some things about the infrastructure to put in wood pellets, but we'll look it up. Maybe there's a subsidy or something from the state. What? It would be really nice to be free of oil. Yeah. Because the wood pellets are always available. Until they chop all down the forests and stuff. That's going to take a little time for Maine. Maine has a lot of trees. But they're working on it. They, they are. They're working on it. It's not a good thing, though. <laughs> it's really bad to be a young person today looking at... I mean, you've got a lot of cool stuff with the internet, but if you're looking forward with climate change and deforestation and other stuff, it's it can get bleak. Yeah, it's a bit scary. I don't like it. The, the question is whether my parents' generation will be able to burn up the entire planet before young people take over. That's really the big question. But we're not going to solve that today. <laughs> be nice if we could, though. We just had, I hope, the last really cold night of the year. We went down to single digits last night. Yeah, it's still really cold. But we've got days coming up that are going to be close to 50 or at 50. So, hopefully, I mean, sometimes March or April can have cold dips. Yeah, we'll see. My nose is tired of running, so. Yeah, it's real tired. It's been running a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh, it hurts so bad. And pardon my voice, I was singing metal in the car and blew my voice out. And this is why I never became a metal singer. But that's okay, because I don't speak for a living. I just have a podcast with my wife. <laughs> Uh, but we don't get paid for this. No. So well, you're getting what nice. you're getting what you pay for, folks. <laughs> We've given up on like the idea that we're going to get truckloads of fill dirt, and we're just emptying the animal houses onto the ground in specific areas to act as filler. And eventually, after mud season, whenever things are good enough and warm enough, I'm going to take the tractor and move the compost piles and spread them out across the property to fill in all the gaps. And that may sound kind of crazy, because why would you put just pine shavings and poo and stuff? Because there's a lot of places where there's rocks and roots and places you can fall and trip and all kinds of stuff. And those are getting smoothed over now. And that stuff eventually is going to compost down and become topsoil yeah. over time. And we're planted here. This is our forever home. It's going to take a few years for all that to look normal. 
and we might end up buying some topsoil to toss on the top of it before it's all over. But there's one area, just as you go down one of the main pathways down the hill, where there were all these plants that are bad for goats, and we had Maurice come and just scrape them all up out of the ground. And they were growing back, like little weeds and stuff. So throwing bedding over that will kill those plants, finally. Just bury them. Yeah, and plus it's a big dip in the area anyway, so... Yeah, and when I'm driving the tractor over it, it's a, it's a hazard. So once enough bedding has compressed down and decomposed down, I'll be able to drive the tractor right over it like normal. We're still going to have to dig trenches, though. I, I don't know how we're going to fit that into the schedule or when it's going to happen, but eventually we have to put some kind of French drain to go down the hill to give the water a place to go. Yeah, it's going to be fun coming mud season. There's so many things that are expensive and we got to find the budget for them. But there's so many things that we can easily do within our budget, but they require so much labor that we don't have enough hours for all of them. Yeah, it's a problem. So it's an issue. The main thing is I'm, I'm going to work on that fencing project that we've talked about in other episodes. I'm just going to push down the hill and claim as much land as I can with as much new vegetation as I can. And now we've stopped and started and let the other two dogs in and their feet were so dirty. Yeah, I don't even know what we're going to do in mud season. It's going to be real bad. Every single place they could possibly go is going to be mud. Everyone needs galoshes. In the front yard, it's going to be mud. Everything's yeah. going to be mud. Front's not going to be as bad as the back, but it's going to be bad. And the ducks are laughing at us again. That's a chicken. Was it? It's a chicken? It's it's back there. I don't know the mic, if the mic picked it up, but that's okay. But the front yard's going to be more messy because we have all the ducks up there now. That's true. I've got ambitions about building fences and things, but there's only so much I can do in a summer, so there's going to be a lot of prioritizing and a lot of time management. We do need to subdivide the front yard so that the ducks can be contained in their own area and have a place to go because we've had repeated troubles with a particular duck. Bray, Bray is the Belfast of the front house ducks. <laughs> he is the reason we can't have nice things. Multiple times that duck has laid down in a puddle in below freezing temperatures and the puddle has frozen around his feathers and he couldn't get up. Yeah, and, and he has a hard enough time getting up. So we have to go out there with bottles of hot water and just pour it around him and basically soak him in a, a, a brand new puddle of hot water to melt the ice and get him out. So ridiculous. I think he's done it three times now. Yeah, and we got to come up with something. I think Boston's done it once. That's going to be my learning experience for building a deck. I'm going to build a floating deck in front of the duck house that they can use in wintertime. We can have a little railing around it and basically extend their area in their house where they're still protected. And that'll be my first attempt. It won't be anything attached to the house. If worse comes to worse, we could easily move it and demolish it. But it'll be a chance for me to learn how to, to do hangers and deck boards and all that stuff. Hangers? We have some in the closet. 
Different kind of hangers. <laughs> those are the metal hangers that those two by six deck boards get mounted on when you put them to the frame of a deck. There's all kind of stuff that happens with a deck because it's going to bear a lot of weight. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be a small project. Sure. <laughs> it's the safest possible way to learn how to do that uh-huh. rather than trying to learn it by building a deck in front of our house. True. Which I also want to do, but that will not be the first time. That'll be like project two or three. That'll be mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. once you get near the house, codes come in. It becomes much more serious, but it's still going to be a floating deck. It's more of a studio. I mean, in the front of the house, we don't really have a deck. It's just a step. And then the ramp we had put up. Yeah, the so. wheelchair ramp that we applied to the step. Yeah. So it's almost nothing. What have you got? It's a stuffy. Castle is somehow finding a way to make <laughs> chewing noises, even though I've taken away the hard toys. She's got sharp teeth, I guess. Well, the important thing is that Aberdeen started snoring, so that that <laughs> that makes it a podcast episode. Only almost ten minutes in, and she's out. So I hope we don't put you to sleep like we do her. Yeah, that's kind of lame today. It's just the coldness really messes with your energy. We are emotionally done with winter in the biggest of all ways. So done. It's just over it. I know why you moved to Maine. There's no good, there's just no good place to live. Well, we're far enough north that we're not likely to, to suffer the worst of climate change, like places in, what was it, Arizona? Where it got so hot this past summer that the traffic lights were melting. Like, infrastructure was melting. And everybody was like, whoa, what is that? Like, yeah, that's what we've been telling you. The world's getting warmer. Yeah. And it's it's throwing all the weather patterns off so that we are not having the kind of winter that we used to have. And we're not from Maine originally, but even we have seen a difference in the way winter goes. Yeah. Each year is so different. You can't really predict predict anything but it's generally not you don't get as much snow so i don't know if unless we have some freak year i don't i don't know if we're going to get the kind of snow that we used to get yeah which you know what i hate to say it but i hate snow (laughs) i i actually enjoy it when you get a, a few feet of snow and you finally carve it out and then every once in a while you get another foot of snow and you you touch up your pathways that you've made and you kind of score it away again, but you carve it out and you create an environment that you can work in. But past few years, it's been the snow happens, you, you carve it all out. Then you get really warm days where it all melts and refreezes. And now you just got ice everywhere. So you're constantly dealing with traction and safety. And it's, it's very different from having, hard packed snow after a few storms that you can just walk around in. But it's not that easy to walk around. I feel like walking in snow is equivalent to walking in sand. It's just, it's really hard and it makes you extra tired. Oh, if it's, yeah, if you're just walking right through it, yeah. But I mean, after you Even shovel, then, after you snow blow. It's still hard on my feet. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It can be, but once it's packed down and once we've traveled over it a little bit and the areas that we've shoveled, it's not so bad. 
but if you're walking through, if you because you never just stick to the paths that you've shoveled, you always have to go out for some reason outside of it. So it's, it, it does become a thing. I don't think we even really had a good opportunity to go snowshoeing. We haven't even bought snowshoes yet. No. We keep meaning to, but... That's like low on the list. Yeah. Because there hasn't been great snow and we don't have time. So it's like, eh. And then I've got to figure out how to do electric. I don't want to do... When I do this fence around the outer perimeter, we're going to have a lot more room to walk around within our perimeter. <laughs> it's Gretna. It's one of the chickens. She's one of our chickens. If you heard that. <laughs> but we're, we're going to have a lot more space after this summer within our perimeter. But I want to put electric on the outside of that, but I don't want to put electric up near my neighbors. I want to put it down behind the property where wild animals come. And if a neighbor's dog is running loose and touches it and gets a little zap to the snoot, that's okay. That's a deterrent. But where do I put the solar panel for that? And how do I set it up? That's going to be a learning experience. Yeah. But I definitely want something in the lower perimeter once I get it established. And it's not going to be a perfect box. It's going to be whatever the land allows me to do. I want to claim as much land as possible and I'm not, I, I need to let go of the like, I would love to go along the property line and make it a perfect shape, but I got to let go of that. Meanwhile, I'm just like, just just do it. <laughs> well, I've been obsessing over it because I can't get out there yet. I'm chomping at the bit. I want, I want spring so I can get out there and start working on it. I think I can get quite a bit done over the summer, but got to wait for this ice to melt. Yeah, it's just frustrating. There's a lot you can't do because of the stupid coldness. I feel like we've had mud season five or six times. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to get worse. It's like, I don't even know. It, uh... The trick is what next year holds. If we have a pattern of all this rain, if that's what it's going to be going forward, then we definitely need to focus on water management. I have to do that anyway, but that's just so hard. Everything's so hard lately. I finished the ceiling in the chicken coop, so there's no longer just a metal roof between them and the sky. So they'll be a little warmer. Yeah. And I'm thinking of setting up like solar panels and maybe a small wind turbine for the goat house. It just has to be out of reach or else they'll knock it over. Yeah, there's definitely going to be carpentry involved because the batteries are going to be in a box outside the building or, or maybe inside, but preferably outside, protected from the elements, more than one. I'm waffling over whether I should spring for the lithium-ion batteries that are really good for this purpose that you can get from the same companies that sell the solar panels. But a lot of people just use regular old like golf cart batteries or car batteries. And the problem with those is you have to maintain them. You have to put water in them occasionally because it evaporates out. And you can't take them below 50% because you'll damage the battery. So it's more fiddly and you, you got to manage it more. 
but it's cheaper. It's much cheaper. Mm. So we'll end up with a battery bank and we also, so we'll, this summer we'll think about what we would need power for mainly fans and stuff in the summer. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. But we'll, we'll start making a list of the things that we want. And then when I eventually build it, we'll build it with those things in mind. But we're not going to extend from the house to the, we don't want to run the electric bill up even further. Yeah, because it's so crazy as it is now. We had a ballot measure here in Maine to purchase the, uh, the utilities, the electric utilities, and set up a public utility. And it failed because there was millions of dollars spent in advertisements to say, don't do that, that's government, that's bad. Except if you actually look at where the government has run utilities, it's, it's called the, look up the Tennessee Valley Authority. It's basically public power and paid for by the taxpayers. And their goals are to make things work for the taxpayers. And they don't have any problems. They provide lots of power and it's all good. But if you look at Texas, which has its own privatized power grid, they have outages all the time and people lose power in the winter all the time and people die every winter because they can't keep their heat on. Because it's privatized and they need to make a profit, they don't do maintenance because maintenance costs money and that cuts into profits. So it becomes a mess. And basically anything that cannot have competition, where they, they don't have to worry that you'll take your business elsewhere, they get lazy and they don't do the maintenance. So... Um, central Maine power is not as bad as some I've heard, like, like other states have it much worse than Maine, but they do crank the prices and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. The prices are ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm electricity hound where I'm like, are you done in that room? Turn the light off. And we don't use lights during the day because the house is old and it's set up where you don't need to. Lots of natural light. So... I mean, obviously, the kitchen, I use a lot of power when I'm baking, and then his computer stuff, but... It's not that bad. Yeah, but then we have, like, the farm shop has a refrigerator, freezer, and lights on. Although I've turned the fridge off because it's cold enough. I have a thermometer in there, so it stays below 40 degrees, so I've just unplugged it for now. Yeah, when you're in Maine and it's a building outside, you you don't need the refrigerator. It's gonna don't you don't need to worry. It's gonna be cold in there. Yeah. Unless you're providing heat, which it's gonna be cold in there. Why would we provide heat when not a lot of people come in and they don't hang out in there? Which was the main goal, but they're not doing it. So it's just it is what it is. People are hibernating in the winter. They come in, yeah. grab some stuff, and go. So mainly eggs, but then. The ducks shut down their egg production for the most part in the winter, and the chickens slow down. Although the ducks have started back up. It is. It's almost spring, so... We're not getting a whole lot of duck eggs, but we're getting some. Here and there, and it adds up throughout the week, and then I can put them out in the on the weekend. That's when the duck egg hunters come out. <laughs> yeah, so it's... It's crazy to me. I've never heard of this before, 
But there's a lot of allergies out there, and there's people who are allergic to chicken eggs, but they can have duck eggs. Or vice versa. Yeah, it's so we have both, so they can get either one. Yeah. And you need special cartons for duck eggs, especially if you have pecans, because they lay very large eggs, especially male. So they won't fit in a regular chicken egg carton, or they'll get smushed and broken, which you don't want. Mayo's eggs won't fit in one of those at all. No. She can. <laughs> she almost consistently lays double yolks. Poor girl. Which she, for a pecan is a huge, gigantic egg. And she's she's not a huge duck. She's like on the smaller side. So I just feel bad every time. Well, when she says the smaller side, it's for an American pecan. So yeah. those are large ducks. They are, but compared but she's not, to. Yeah, she's not especially large for a pecan, so it's unusual for her to lay these giant eggs. The next question is, when will the other ducks start laying? Because we have... So many. Over 20 females, and are they going to lay where we can find them or not? Because <laughs> that's what ducks do. Yeah, and we're missing the boat because... Scotland has discovered eggs. The, the chickens are laying eggs underneath the duck house. We've talked about the duck house before. It's up on rocks. They, they basically, instead of a normal foundation, that building is up on, think of it as posts. There, there are like concrete or rock posts that it's resting on, on all four points. And then there's like a little just rock wall that they just stacked up in the gaps so that you couldn't get in there. And those, those rocks fall down. So the ones that the building's resting on are solid, but all the others are decorative. And the chickens just go underneath that building and lay eggs. And our Well, young... one chicken lays eggs under there. The others do a dust bath under there because the ground isn't frozen under the house. You think it's just one that's doing Oh, yeah, eggs? I've seen it, yeah. She's the only one laying? Yeah. Okay. Because she comes out, I laid an egg! Because chickens <laughs> like to promote their their victory, I guess. They get really loud when they <laughs> lay an egg. Yeah. Yeah. But our youngest puppy, Scotland, just he just <laughs> runs under there, gets himself an egg, <laughs> and then chews on it and eats it. Like, he plays with it for a while. I think he thinks it's a ball, and then it breaks, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, this chew toy tastes different. Yeah, I'll just eat it. Why not? Because they're frozen, of course. Some of them, yeah. But lately, not so. I guess it's a step up from Finia eating the egg and, and licking out the shell and leaving the surprisingly intact shell behind. <laughs> and then Scotland bringing that in as a trophy and then chewing on the shell in the house. Yeah. But before Scotland existed, the ducks or chickens would follow Finia around and eat the shell when she was done with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole life cycle to it. It is. Everyone enjoys the eggs, even the chickens. If I accidentally break one, and then we had they to, eat it. It's... We had to reduce Finia's food for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because she was eating so many eggs, she was gaining weight. <laughs> Worried that Scotland will do the same too, but at least he's still a puppy and he can run it off in a minute. Yeah, that's true. So I guess we should mention the retaining wall. 
We've, have we discussed that what we're doing with the retaining wall Maybe. in a podcast? I don't remember. Basically, we don't have the money to have a proper job done to bolster the retaining wall behind the house. And it erodes every year. And it's eroding faster than we can save money. So we don't want that to get too close to the house. So the, the way it's built, I'm struggling to describe it. As you walk out of the house in the back, the ground suddenly just the ground suddenly just drops off. And there's all these rocks stacked up against it as a retaining wall that's like a primitive retaining wall. And but, a tree. And there's a tree there too. And a big tree. And the roots are really helpful <laughs> uh, with maintaining that area. Um, the previous owners had one of those lame fences that's they're like the posts and then the the two two boards the, across. I don't know what they call that. It's like some kind of ranch fence. Ranch, but it wasn't it wasn't good. It was rotting, and a chicken stood on it and it collapsed. So I just got rid of all of it. <laughs> it it didn't collapse like a cartoon. <laughs> Under the weight of a chicken. Well. It just eventually collapsed. One of them did. The so. previous owner didn't put that in. Somebody else did years ago. Yeah. And the previous owner didn't maintain it because they were snowbirds. Uh, so basically, the there's no concrete for the posts. It's just stuck in the ground, which is good. Well, I don't know. No, I, I didn't want to dig concrete out of there, so it's fine. But the the, the fence was okay. It was, it was too... Uh, for lack of a better term, logs. Like there was a high log and a low log, but the whole fence is only like below your hips, like mid thigh. Yeah, it wasn't gonna stop you from going over. In fact, you could bump into it and flip over it. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of useless. Not helpful at all. But the 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 dirt just erodes right out of there. And I eventually put some like rebar down and some concrete blocks, like cinder blocks. Um, as a primitive retaining wall and it's all eroded around and you can see that the cinder blocks I put down are the only thing holding back the dirt that's still there and so we're at risk of over the years and this is not happening right now this is we're living here forever we're thinking years ahead over time it's going to erode that and erode that and it's eventually going to get to the house so we decided to Instead of making the compost pile even taller, we're tossing the bedding from the goat houses and stuff against that retaining wall. And eventually it's going to become a hill that you can just walk up. Yeah. Because it'll eventually compact. You keep putting stuff on it. It looks horrible. Don't get me wrong. But we're going to keep doing that. And then eventually we'll throw dirt on it and hopefully grow grass, maybe. If chickens don't eat it. It's the kind of thing that you can only do if you're going to stay in the house forever because it's going to look bad for years. Editor's note, Kara has informed me it's not going to look bad for years. It's just going to look... Weird. Weird for a long time because it's just pine shavings and then animal poo. So you're basically... It might be a little stinky at times when the... Wind blows just right in the hot in the spring. summer day. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but then it decomposes and it compresses down. We've got other places on the property where that's happened, and it turns out fine. Basically, it eventually turns pretty much into topsoil. Yeah. So, But that's going to take a while, and you would never do this if you were thinking of 
flipping the house or something. And of course, right while we're recording this edit, the puppies decide to start playing. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Anyway, back to the show. This is a long process, but very quickly, we'll have a pile there that is composting, and the dirt will not be able to get past it. So we'll be able to walk on it. And then, and then after that, if you were to trip and fall in the area we were just discussing, you would just roll down a hill. It yeah. Would, it wouldn't be a big deal. And it'll be easier for the ducks to get up the hill because they love to come up by the house. And then the goats have made little sleeping nests in the piles. So everyone's enjoying the piles. Right the goats now. lay on it. Yeah. It's it's fun right now. It's 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 still <laughs> fresh bedding. It's all new. They're like, oh, what's going on? And, and you might be thinking, but you're going to kill the grass. Well, the places where we're doing this, there's no grass. There's no grass anyway. And the area that I fenced out last summer, was it just last summer? I don't know what you're talking about. The new area that I fenced out new when area. I pushed that way, the last place that, that I was fenced two out. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, good. <laughs> it felt like a long time ago. If it was last summer, I'd feel weird. But, but basically, that area has a bunch of trees shading out the grass. And the goats have already been through there and have eaten all the vegetation. And if you don't have enough land for your goats, everything dies. They eat every leaf. And the plant just cannot maintain leaves because they get eaten. So eventually, the plant dies. So you end up with a dead zone. And we are trying to create a place where things can grow back. Uh, grass grows back pretty good, but other bushes and vegetation don't. So we're, we're basically just trying to get our, our ecosystem set up. And the only way to do that at this point is more land. Yeah. And um, with not enough vegetarian vegetarians <laughs> with not enough vegetarians not on enough the property <laughs> vegetation the goats will start eating bark which is good if you've cut down trees because that's what we did previously but if the trees are still growing and you don't want them to be cut down it can cause an issue because they've already killed a couple of our trees yeah. they basically chew the bark off all the way around and the bark is the tree's circulatory system so once they strip the bark all the way around the tree's going to die so you just got now you're on a ticking clock for that tree is going to die you need to go ahead and cut it down or yeah we had like plans. a crab apple type tree that they've murdered basically but I've, I've cut down a few recently and laid the logs out and they've stripped the bark pretty good those will maybe gate posts or something yeah not sure what i'll use them for I like to build stuff on the property out of the trees that we cut down, but those are not pressure treated. They're not going to last as long as stuff you would buy from the lumber store. I mean, the last years, but they don't last as long as pressure treated wood. Yeah. And you got prime them, prep them. It's a to-do. Yeah, we're thinking of basically exterior paint. We're going to solve everything with exterior paint. Paint solves everything. <laughs> That's my motto. So you, you, you take like a long section of a tree, and this place has been logged before, so we have really large, healthy old trees, but only a few of them. Most of our trees are small, young trees. 
And you can cut them down and use them for gate posts or fence posts, whatever you want. Fence posts are a bit of a stretch when T posts are so cheap and so much stronger. So yeah. I don't know about fence posts anymore. I would do fence posts, but... I used to want to do that, but I, the more I looked into stuff, it's too cheap to get a T-post, and it's really surprisingly cheap to get a cedar post. So unless you really want to use the wood from your own property for a gate, you, you could just go get a, ce a couple of cedar posts for 12 bucks a piece at the farm store. And cedar is pest-resistant, and lasts a really long time, whereas our wood, we don't even know what it is. To it's be hardwood. It's it's some some of it's ash. Some of it might be pine, which pine isn't that hard. But a lot of it's ash and maple and oak. It, it's the, not maple. No. We got like one maple tree. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because maple would be bad for um, wood stoves. We had a guy here that was getting rid of some uh, some stuff for us, and he said that all these trees were good for wood stoves. Yeah. Good hardwoods. So it's various different types of hardwoods. And I can attest to that because when I cut them down, they dull my chainsaw blades. <laughs> my chainsaw chains just have a hard time getting through them. The stuff I'm cutting down now is not aged. It matters how old the wood is. So the stuff I cut down this summer, somebody would have to probably store for a summer. Like, not use this coming winter, but use it the next. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about why or... There's why. a life cycle to it. I mean, look it up on the internet. Don't don't <laughs> treat me as a tree expert, because I'm not. No. <laughs> and we don't have a wood stove, so we don't know exactly. I think it burns harder or something, creates more smoke or something. The, I'm not sure. You can still burn it. It's the, just the better stuff. Wood. The better stuff will burn, produce more heat and less smoke. The bad wood, like the softwoods, will create a lot more smoke and soot, and not as much heat. So basically, they they work, they burn, but they're more trouble, and you have to clean up more. So you want. There's definitely, it matters what kind of wood it is. But, I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're poor and you got trees in your property, you're going to burn what you got. So, yeah. That's how that works. But there's a large area that I'm going to clear up this summer when I'm not building fence. I'm going to be chopping stuff down. And eventually we're going to be able to sell compost. We just got to figure that out, too. There's so much you need to figure out. We don't even know what compost is supposed to look like when it's finished. Well, it looks like, I don't know. Yes. They've, I've black, heard people, they say black gold, but, yeah. I mean, what's black? Like, our sheep, Glasgow, is supposedly black, but he looks completely brown to me. Yeah, he is brown. But <laughs> basically, we need somebody who knows about this stuff to stand next to us and go, that's good, that's not good. So that we know what it looks like. So you know, if there's like, any compost specialists out there, come right. over. <laughs> well, remember last week when we were talking about asbestos? Everybody talks about asbestos, but it does look a certain way. And it, it's harder to spot sometimes. Like sometimes it's blatant and you can just see, anybody can see that's asbestos. Other times it's not so blatant. Yeah. So there's a skill to it. And the same is true of of trees and compost and everything else. You, you need some kind of baseline. 
for example, I know that there's probably perfect compost at the bottom of our largest compost pile, but it's at the bottom. It's at the bottom, and <laughs> as you go up, it changes because it's all decomposed at different rates, and that's why you're supposed to turn it. But we didn't have opportunities to turn it. It was raining all the time. So at what point do you look at, like if you had a core sample of this compost pile, where would you say this is perfect, this is acceptable, nobody's going to buy this yet? I gonna... bet there's a book. I'm going to look that up. I bet there is a book. I mean... I know it's old school, but lately I've really gotten into the books again. Not that I read them because I don't have time, but to acquire them. There's a <laughs> more of a vetting process for books than there are for YouTubes. Like YouTubes, yeah, I don't trust you YouTube. have to watch multiple videos because any idiot can just say whatever they want. It's true. There was a good... <clears throat> Including us because we're going to have to start a YouTube channel. We, we've made the channel. I'm... We just haven't posted yet. I don't have time for we it We are also... Honest. We are also going to be idiots that are going to say whatever we want. And there's a responsibility that comes with that because we know farmers who try their best to put good information on the internet through YouTube or whatever other social media, but they're dropping the bucket. There's a lot of people on the internet and a lot of people putting farm stuff out. Yeah, there's a lot of not good stuff too because we've seen a lot of it. So I'm going to quote Sherry, who we interviewed previously from Saffron and Honey Homestead. Um, she says, choose your social media content wisely. I'm noticing that YouTube farmers with good advice and a solid background get below a thousand views, while newbies with conspiracy theories get half a million, which is true and sad. And Was that her Facebook? Yeah. So follow Saffron and Honey Homestead. Yeah, she's turning her attention more to YouTube videos, and I think she's going to start teaching classes via the YouTube. I know, I just sound really old right there. It's on the on, YouTube. On the YouTube. <laughs> but because her homestead technically is closed, she's not doing really farming type stuff anymore, but... Maybe we bring her back for a second interview and see how it goes later on in the season. Yeah, there's she, a lot of YouTube. Because Jess and Mike yeah. also, who we interviewed. Yeah, from Goodwin Good 207. Ones. Yep. So there's a lot going on, and we'll get there. We just haven't had the time. It's a commitment because YouTube, you kind of need to edit videos. And you know me in editing. I don't. I don't. It's <laughs> it's time consuming, yeah. and the people who are most successful at it are people who are able to either scrape up the time to edit videos, yeah. which is hard to do, or if you find videos that are professionally edited and people get like lots and lots of followers, a lot of time there's people with money that can hire people to do that for them. Oh yeah, they probably have like a whole crew coming out and doing it. So yeah, like like with with Mike and Jess, they they set up their camera on the tripod and Michael time lapse it so that you can see them build a bunch of stuff. But it's really just them, and then they have to edit that themselves. So yeah. they are the people doing all the work on the farm, and then they also have to make the time to edit the videos. And they also have jobs. Yeah, so yeah. So there's it's crazy, right? There's a lot going on. And they got kids. We don't have the kids, but 
We might as well because of the animals. All the that animals we have. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a big effort, and so when it looks easy, it it's because people have help. Yeah, it's not easy. There's a lot to it, and you want it to look good, right? Because you want people to watch it. And what do you do when the truth is boring? <clears throat> when 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 people get all this media attention because they're saying crazy stuff, and the truth turns out to be detailed and complicated and boring and hard to engage people on, you know, you're not going to get a lot of views for that if you're, if you're telling the truth about something. Yeah. That's a problem. So, because the internet's all about eyeballs. It's all about, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. So there's a temptation to just follow the algorithm and do whatever will get you the most views. That, uh, that's so frustrating. It, it's, it really is. It's better for the internet and it's better for us as, as a society if we base all this stuff on making solid content that people can actually use and organically growing from there. But that takes a longer time. Yeah, because I always get emails, oh, you can, if you pay this amount, you'll get a thousand more followers. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's all kinds of shady I services. I don't have money for that. Are you kidding me? And if I just, did, I'd post more. <laughs> it's all fake. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not sure how they, they do it, but either through a computer program or something, but you, you can end up getting fake followers on social media. I think they just, Probably like a lot of robots. Yeah, they automate creation of accounts. AIs. Like, there's a whole class for nonprofits dealing with AI and how to use them to your benefit. But it's it's scary thinking that this is the way of the future. I don't even know what it means, to be honest, because I'm too afraid to figure that one out. Because I don't even have time to do a TikTok video. So, <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Although if I had an AI, maybe it would be easier. I don't know. I don't know. It's, AIs aren't that good, though. It's they, too much. They just... <laughs> the only thing an AI is going to do is look at all the content that human beings have put in and then put together the most likely thing. So you're not going to get innovation and you're not going to get new stuff from an AI. But you're going to see the internet filling up with it. Yeah, it's going to... It's going to take over because... Because rich people don't want to pay for stuff like writers. What movies is it? Term no. What movies AI? Besides AI. I know. I know. Besides the AI movie. What was the... Wasn't there a movie? It, Where the AI was bad? It, it like took over everything. That's most of the movies that yeah. involve AI. Right. Okay. Ironically enough, the movie <laughs> AI... <laughs> did not have them as bad. The, the robots were actually good. I think my favorite out of all of them, and this this is a really old movie, is Lawnmower Man. Have you seen that? Oh my god, that is ancient. It is. <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> and it was nothing like the story. Oh no. The Stephen King short story. Oh, was it? Stephen? Yeah. But good news, if you saw the movie, it does not spoil the short story. Okay. It's that much different. Like, like The Running Man, the movie... Almost no relation to the book at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's usually how it goes. But when Stephen King had more clout and uh, he was more of a uh, an American icon, he had a little more push to like, can you make this better? Can you make it more like the book? 
Yeah. You know, but in the early days. Well, I like the movie though, but I've never read the book, so it's probably. Oh, the lawnmower, the lawnmower man movie is a pretty fun old movie, although the the CGI is terrible because of the time it was made. Well, yeah. But look well, it up. I'm sure they'll remake it soon. Oh yeah, everything's <laughs> been remade. Because they do it, everything else, right? So what what is our topic this week? I mean, we're just so we're just rambling. We didn't right? even land on anything. We didn't. But I should tell you. I mean, this is our week. We're doing the compost thing. We're planning for spring. Like most farmers, farmers. I mean, we're not really a we're not farm. growing a crop. Well, I'm trying microgreens, although they're slow taken because they're cold and it's not that sunny out lately. Yeah, when we said like we <laughs> don't want to call ourselves a homestead, really, because we're not out in the boonies off grid. Well, no. So here's the difference. The problem is we're a nonprofit first. So how do we classify ourselves? I don't know. We call ourselves Anchor Me Farm because originally everything was under that one umbrella, basically. Oh, yeah. The bakery, everything. The bakery. And so I don't know. It's very confusing. It's confusing for a lot of people too. So the nonprofit is going to be confusing until we have more stuff built up. And then once we have the infrastructure built, it will suddenly become obvious to everyone and it'll be fine. Yeah, which is the problem, right? So but yeah. anyway. So we're doing that. I'm trying to get together tax stuff to give to our accountant, which I told her by the end of the month, but I believe the end of the month is like It's ambitious. Very ambitious. I've only started on the bakery stuff. And I have two businesses, right? So, yeah, sorry. But I can get her some stuff. I'm working on it. And then on top of dealing with the bakery stuff, taxes, the nonprofit, we're all, I'm also still working on the bedroom. Because don't forget, uh, that's still a work in progress. Right, we're still camping out in the living room. <laughs> yeah, so I've... We've he helped me tear up some of the carpet I've taken off with a Ryobi tool. Of course, Ryobi has these new tools. They're <laughs> small and handheld, and they use smaller batteries. Not the regular, like normally when you think of a Ryobi tool, you're thinking of like the I think 18 volt batteries, and then there's the 40 volt batteries, which are for the chainsaws and the lawnmowers and all that stuff. But the 18s are for your circular saws and your power drills and all that stuff. Now they got a little bitty battery. I don't even know the specs on it. I can't remember. But there's all these different tools that are for that. And one of them is a cutter. And it's for cutting carpet or cardboard or whatever you want to cut. And the only problem with it is you have to have a, a lot of grip strength to use it. There's two buttons you got to press. And, of course, Kara's got a bad hand. And her other hand is not, is, is not as strong. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to really clench down on this thing and then carpet's going to fight you just physically forcing the machine through just to get the blade to the carpet, right? So you have to have a lot of physical strength to do it. So because we had the tool, instead of Kara hacking away at it with a box cutter and slowly getting across the room. Well, it's I just, not a box cutter. It's a utility knife. It's a carpet. Technically, we used to call them carpet <laughs> cutters because that's what they're really for. And box cutter is also what they're used for, but it's a, it's a razor blade and a metal handle. You, you've seen them. Yeah. 
You know, when I say box cutter, you, you, what you're thinking about is also a carpet cutter. But this Ryobi machine, this little device, I just went all the way across the bedroom. One long strip, just took out a chunk of the carpet, and then I just cut it up into smaller strips and rolled them up, put them in garbage bags, out. Yeah. So one section is ready for the flooring. I finally settled on a floor and ordered some of it because, well, two boxes because that's all I could afford. We live in fear so. that they'll find out <laughs> tra be. traditionally, what was this, uh, Bath Body Works. Bath and Body Works. You had some stuff you liked. And then they discontinued it, and then you found some different stuff that you like, and then they discontinued it. This happened to you multiple times. I think four times through Bath and Body Works. Right. And so it's become a joke around the house that as soon as the powers that be... it's not just them. It happens with every product that yeah. I tend to like. <laughs> the, the joke is that as soon as the man finds out that Kara <laughs> likes something, they discontinue the product just out of spite. And you'd be like, why don't you just order all of it? Because we can't afford it. We don't to. have the money all at once. And I'm not going to put it on my credit card. So, because it's, you know. So we live in fear that they're going to stop making the flooring that she orders, even though it's normal, boring stuff. Yeah. So we, we worry about it. Do we, do, we've cut away enough that we can move the bed onto that, right? I think so. We'd have to move it down and over. By the window, which I still need to contact someone to figure out, can we just wall that up? Because we have nowhere but, to put the furniture. Yeah, because we're doing it in steps, right? Because we can't move everything out. There's no place, and then the dogs would just—they des destroy everything. The new puppies literally yeah. destroy everything. So she's it's got like a baby gate. Frustrating. <laughs> We got a baby gate in front of all that to keep them out so they can't get in the bedroom anymore mm. while she's working. So but we got to move, like I got to put the floor down, we got to let it rest. I don't know, you're supposed to like not put anything on it for a couple of days and then we can move stuff. So it's a very, very slow process. But once that part is done, we'll move the bed onto that part and move a bunch of stuff onto it and then... We'll access more of the room. But it's funny because clearing everything out. So there's the carpet. You got these, they're called tack strips that the carpet is tacked to, basically. They're these long strips of wood with nails coming out, and then they're nailed into the floor as well. Mm. And would they come up easily? No. They're, yeah, they're basically the... I don't know how old this carpet is, you, but... You staple the carpet, this little thin strip of board that goes around the edge, you staple the carpet into that instead of stapling the carpet into the subfloor. Although there are still staples because how else is the pad underneath the carpet going to stay placed? They had to staple right. it to, you know... So I'm, I'm sure that professionally you do staple into the subfloor some, but I don't know how much... I feel like even this might have been a little overkill. I, I don't think we've ever seen <laughs> professionally done proper carpet. So, so Maybe it's hard it was for... professionally done and they just wanted to make sure. Maybe. But there were still a lot of staples I had to pull but up. But not like the laundry room. No. That was crazy. But 
because you'd mentioned that you felt like this is more of a more professional job. Well, yeah, I feel like the carpet upstairs is laid through two long rooms. So I feel like a novice would not be able to do that themselves. So right. there is that. But so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna work on it and chip away at it until it's done. But there's also there okay, so the subfloor we pulled everything up, right? It's just plywood and then there's this writing on the subfloor that said junction box with you know, screws. So of course I have to I mean a junction box in the floor. Now I gotta go look. <laughs> Of course, right. I need to know. So I pulled up the screws, and then there was another wood floor underneath that says junction. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So there's two subfloors, apparently, in this bedroom. Did that have screws that you could open? Yeah, there was screws. So I took pictures of it. It's a very old junction box, and it worries me. But you know what I did? I put everything back, and I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Apparently, I mean, it's normal to have one in the floor, but it, I mean, uh, if you're willing to pull that up, we have one of those little electrical monitors. Those little, oh, there's these little probes that electricians have <laughs> I where took you just a picture put of it, but you you put it against a wire, and it turns green or whatever if there's power. So, but to put the the board back into location where it wasn't protruding up was such a to-do and I really don't want to undo. Well, we can, we probably should. Ah. I'll test it. It's probably, hasn't been used in decades. Probably. So it's probably just, because remember, they don't always <laughs> remove this stuff. If They just disconnect the wires and call it a day. So if you're worried about it, you can have an electrician look at it. And that's probably always the best thing to do is have an electrician look at it. But it's probably fine. That junction box is is. Did it have plugs in it or anything? No, it's just wire and just hang out. Just like the little metal box with the. Yeah. Yes, it probably belongs there and it's fine. And it, it's been there all this time. We didn't even know, but see, that's how I know it was professionally the carbo was professionally put in because one, there's a subfloor. That they didn't put it over good hardwood. <laughs> yeah. Two, they labeled stuff. So, yeah. That's the sign of a true professional. <laughs> you Just label stuff with pencil mm -hmm. on the floor. <laughs> Labeling stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, you took pictures. We'll show them to our yeah. electrician and we'll email them or something. Yeah, we'll so ask him. Be like, should this be concerned? <laughs> He'll probably say, let me go stick a probe on it and see if it's got power. But I mean, but if we can do that, we don't have to pay him. Or what that. if it's wired to other things in the house and it belongs there and it's supposed to be there? It or, could be. We don't know because... Because we're not electricians. I don't know. So it's probably fine. I mean, at Gold Gold, that's normal in an older house to have junction boxes in the floor that as long as they're like good you know and not stapled but nailed into something where they're not just hanging out like hey man right it's but, covered up nobody's gonna bump it or mess with it 
so hopefully it'll, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably get... But the flooring is supposed to come, and I'm not waiting. So I'm not waiting on someone. <laughs> I've waited enough, so... I should send that email soon. Yeah. It's probably fine. <laughs> we'll send it tomorrow morning. Then. Yep. Yeah. Yep, we'll make sure. But <laughs> in any case, we're coming up on an hour. Yeah, it was kind of a doozy of a... Not a doozy, a lousy... lousy? What's the opposite this... of a doozy? Dowsy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Snorfest. I'm sorry. That's a word now. We're going to say dowsy. Dowsy. Dowsy of a time. Yep. When it's like not a doozy, when it's like, eh. Meh. It's going to be a dowsy. <laughs> sorry. We'll we're do, we'll do, we're going to talk about animals next week because I thought of it in the middle of this one and it was too late at that point. Right. So. So. There's that. Ignore this podcast and <laughs> look at next week or listen to next week. I, I mean, we came up with some good things today, maybe. Look, we're working hard to entertain you. We do a lot of stuff and we're tired. We're so tired. <laughs> if you have topics, you know, you could chime in and let us know. Yeah, you can email us. That would be helpful. Or in message me, Anchor Me Farm. We're on everything. Yeah. Except Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's no good anymore. It used to be okay, but. It's over. Yeah. But everything else, you you know how to find me. Come on. Let me know what you want to hear and we'll figure it out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So until then, have a good whatever you're doing. Bye. <laughs>